Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live on CLNS Media, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm your host, Justin Poole, and joining me, John Duke. Just a few days ago, we talked to you at the NBA draft. The Celtics taking Jason Tatum number three overall after a trade down with the Philadelphia 76ers. And if you listen to this show, probably didn't even need to tell you that because you already know and are quite well aware. But, John, we didn't really stick around for the second round because we've typically done that in the past. We've done some six, seven-hour draft night shows. But I think, ultimately, nobody really expects the second-round picks to contribute. Recent history, certainly supporting that, the depth of this team being as strong as it is and loaded with young players to the point where Thank goodness it's the G League and the relationship has changed where you can stockpile a few more of these people. Abdel Nader would have been a nice one to float back and forth potentially last year, especially when Avery Bradley went down with the injury. Might have gotten a couple of minutes. He lit it up down there. But the truth is these guys very rarely contribute in their first several years with the Celtics. Might be a situation, though, if the rumors about Paul George are true, they're going to match salary open some things up, potentially move some picks. If that were to go through, you could see maybe some of these players winding up, providing depth on the roster, maybe still not a lot of minutes, but certainly being needed to round out the roster with active players and in the case of injury. So let me let me get your thoughts on the second-round picks. They kind of seem to be in the traditional mold of Celtic second-round type players. Yeah, well, or or even just Celtics type players, you know. I mean, there's, I think that that was before even talking about Tatum. I think, you know, that was one reason why we all kind of looked at it and said, well, why wouldn't they take Josh Jackson? Because he is a Celtic type player, <laughs> basically can't shoot and, and likes to defend and, and shows a lot of grit and uh, tenacity on the defensive end. But here we go now, uh, second round. I don't think that Shemi is as much down that road as, as perhaps our, our, you know, the later, the later picks there. But I think that when it comes to, um, you know, trying to look at the overall, you certainly saw Celtic type players taken in that second round. And I think that that's, I think that you, you pick with what works, you know, and again, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how this is all going to shake out as, um, as basically what we end up with is a, a, a great unknown here in the next two weeks or, or more. But, but looking at, at, you know, kind of where things stand, I mean, I, I think, you know, Kadeem Allen, uh, Looks like the type of guy and, and doing some reading on him, you know, basically or after the draft. I didn't have, I mean, I saw him play at Arizona, but that doesn't really show a lot. I didn't watch anything of Cal this year. Um, so Jabari Bird, you know, other than the name, that's probably all I got there. Um, but Kadeem Allen is a guy that Mike Schmitz, who does the, the videos for Draft Express said, look, this guy is the best defender I saw in college game last year. Period. End of story. It's kind of got an Orion green flavor to the pick, right? Well, well, look, I mean, we did have Tommy say that, that Orion green, uh, could be an all-star. Um, so 
you know, typical in, in that respect. And, and we may see that from Allen, but I think he's got a little bit more of that Marcus Smart, um, to him. Maybe not quite as, as big, uh, and hefty, uh, but ten- tenacious. <laughs> and equally tenacious. poor as, a, of a shooter, I guess as well, right? I mean, well, you know. Jabari Bird seems like a pick where he played with Brown and, and maybe there's, yep. Just a little bit of connection there. Maybe just going down to summer league, the two of them get to play together. We have no idea if they were close friends or not, but I think that connection has a little bit to do with it. I mean, all of these second round picks, we already have a roster crunch barring trade and even a trade might not fix the, fix the roster crunch entirely, uh, especially if they don't wind up using any of this cap space on Gordon Hayward. If that goes unused, you know they're going to pick up the options of some of these guys in the front court that they'll have to let go to to open up that that max free agent slot. So I think there is still a crunch. I don't know that I expect to see Jabari Bird doing anything but headed to the D League and maybe signed to a G League. I'm not. That's going to take me a little bit of time. Yeah, yeah. But getting assigned to the G League, similar to the way that Nader did, if they even do that at all, but not not at all using any of the Celtics. What do they call them? Floater spots. What's the deal with that? Two way, two way, two way, right? Basically, yeah. a floater. I think, yeah, I think probably with Bird and with, I'd say for that matter, probably even Kadeem Allen, they're 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 ticketed for Portland at this point. You know, I think that the, there's no question about it. Now, Shemi may be a different story. I think anybody who saw a little bit, first of all, Shemi was a guy who Draft Express expected to be picked in the early twenties. Now. There's, it's just because he's a little bit older that he slid, you would think. Having I not, think did so. you see him not play at Duke those two years? Uh, yeah, I saw. No, I saw him play a little bit. Um, he didn't play a lot, as you said. I mean, he was on the, the national champion, um, and he. I think he lost a lot of time as as, um, you know, Winslow uh, kind of rose um, up the charts, and that kind of just cleared up. Took away space from him, and which was which was a shame because the next year they had Tatum, but they really could have used someone of his size to play next to him. Um, I think I think Shemi is could he's one of these guys where he could be one of those second round players that that sticks. Um, kind of like I'm Jay not, Crowder, right? He's drawing all I those comparisons. Think, I think, yeah. You but think he's that's not a, the you think that's a trade prep? No, I, well, yeah, possibly, but he's not the defender Jay Crowder is. I mean, I think we got to be clear about that because while, you know, Shemi has the build certainly and, um, you know, I think you look at him and say, well, that's, that's Jay number two, right? And I, and I said it draft night, but he's a much more efficient score, effective score. Um, he shoots with high percentage from three, which is something Crowder didn't do until recently. And I think some might argue maybe even in spite of the percentages, not so well. Um, so I think, I think Shemi is, is a much more offensive version, not in a derogatory sense, but a much more offensive version of Jay Crowder uh, in terms of style and stature. But his athleticism is kind of that next level stuff, you know? I mean, really weirdly freakish. Uh, and so, uh, you know, he may be a guy who can play the role that maybe we thought we'd see Yabuselli play, um, but for about half the money. And so if, you know, as we're kind of going into this weird world of who's going to be here and half the roster could be gone and we may be left like six rotation players from this year or, or less actually, um, you know, six players who we know of and filling out the roster with a lot of minimum salaries. Shemi Ojale may be a very key piece of the 2018 Boston Celtics. That's what how crazy a situation we find ourselves in um, as we kind of stand on on the precipice of a very strange deadline on July 1st and I but I I really believe in Shemi's uh, growth and potential what's weird about him is that there was a pick there was four picks there from 35 to 38 and the Celtics fell 37th of that 
And there were some good players taken, Frank Jackson, Josh Hart, Devon Reed, Wesley Iwundu, Frank Mason, all good players. Guys who I thought, eh, I wouldn't be upset if those were players the Celtics were getting. But Ivan Rabb was still on the board. Jonah Bolden was still on the board. Shemi was still on the board. Jordan Bell. Basically four of the guys that I was really hoping for with that four, with that pick in, in the second round. And when Rab went, I was like, well, that's too bad. It's nice to have a yeah, big. Yeah, that would have been a nice one. And he was yeah. supposed to be a lottery pick last year. Decides Absolutely. to stay in college, and it really killed him. Killed him. Absolutely destroyed him. You know, in two years in that system in California, it didn't get any better. You know, it's just I feel bad for the kid. I think, you know, it's going to work out a lot better for him in the NBA. And going to Memphis, uh, you know, not only a, a spot that, surprise this year um but uh, you know i think working with the bigs there in particular gasol i think that's going to be a huge for him as his growth and development uh bolden was a kid who played stateside went went overseas um uh australian and then and then he i played i think over in the adriatic league and really kind of that stretch four-ish uh, he was 6'10", but kind of jumps out of the gym. Could be, you know, kind of a great kind of role player coming off the bench, but can do a lot of the things for today's NBA. And I was like, oh, that's the guy. Got a lot of pub. Um, you know, Kevin O'Connor wrote about him. It just seemed like it was a good fit. So when he fell off the board at 36, I'm like, oh, damn, that's terrible. But then they took Shemi. I kind of totally forgot about him by that point because I, I was so focused on Bolden and Rab that it just, it's like, oh my God. And then I was like, wait a second, this happens. And then I, you know, then you start doing the deep dive. And of course everyone started talking about the pick after, which is the Bulls had the pick after and they sold the pick. This team that's, that's supposedly, you know, trying to rebuild, they sold the pick and they, Jordan Bell, who, you know, look, couldn't box out to save the national championship, but you know, a guy who's ready made and perfect for the Golden State Warriors and now they pay three and a half million dollars and they end up with a guy who I think is gonna be a huge fit for them and the stupid Chicago Bulls screw up yet again. I mean, that's just the insult <laughs> to injury there on draft Garpax. types for the Bulls. Garpax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, like, oh. yeah. They're like the worst pirate ever. So Ivan Rab <laughs> the just, worst pirate ever. Garpax. I love it. I love so, it. They really are. That's, that's so ridiculous. It's, I don't even, how do you, how do you, you just have to look at that and say, why didn't you get more for Jimmy Butler? Why did, it's just list after list. Why did yeah. you sign Dwayne Wade? Why did you sign Rajon Rondo to the, now they're going to probably get out of those deals, especially after moving Butler and rumors were that that's exactly why they moved Butler as quickly as they did was so that Wade would opt out. Ivan Rabb could be a total sleeper at 35. Seriously, like we said. Yeah. Lottery yeah. pick last year. Bad system. Look at how that system impacted Jalen Brown's perception coming out of college. And now, not just, not just Tommy Heinsohn, but national commentators throwing a lot of love his well, his way. Kevin McHale just loving up on Jalen Brown. I, I think, I think I know as much as you're saying about Bolden, but, but you make an even better point about Rab playing with the Memphis Grizzlies. He's still young, really long, has time to put more muscle on his body, and he's already 220, so it's not like he's light, but for 6'11", he's right. got probably 15 more pounds he could throw on there. Really good stuff. We're going to take a quick station identification. Make sure you're following Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke. The entire CLNS Media Network at CLNS Media. We have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash CLNS fans. Download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace and the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash CLNS Media for high-definition, full-length locker room interviews and the Garden Report with Jared Weiss, which will be kicking back up again next season. I want to talk a little bit more about the draft here in this first half of the segment. We've talked somewhat about the second-round picks. 
We also talked, obviously, on draft night a lot about Jason Tatum. You and I have been big fans since midseason. Even got some yeah. tweets from some loyal, loyal listeners of the show saying they were on board way before that. Bobby Manning uh, brought up one of our old tweets. I don't know how he digs through tweets like he does, but he found some of our dialogue uh, from February about Jason Tatum being a potential fit. Secretly, I will admit, I really wanted Tatum, but I was like, how can you possibly take him ahead of Markel Fultz? And then all of a sudden, what do the Celtics do? They trade out of that slot. <laughs> I don't know how we get in the heads of the Celtics, but two years in a row, me and Danny Ainge, simpatico, John, just on <laughs> the same page like nobody's business. But here's the thing. On Celtics beat yesterday, Sunday, with Larry H. Russell, Jeff Goodman was on. We've had him on before. Uh, notorious Rondo hater. And one of the things that Jeff said that I thought was really interesting was the fact that there was some conversation, not leading closely up to the draft, but back into the season when the Cel or maybe right after the Celtics got the number one overall, but he had put the question to Markel Fultz about playing in Boston, potentially alongside Isaiah Thomas. Two nuggets on the show. One, that Markel had obviously not a firm response to that, but that Jeff sensed maybe some hesitation. And then the other thing that he's talked to many players around the league, and because Isaiah has become so ball dominant, there are players who are not sure that they want to play with Isaiah Thomas. And here's another thing. We still don't know what's going on with Isaiah's hip. Like, this is a very, the show, Celtics Beat was a very curious show this week. I know we didn't talk about the hip. Maybe you and I should talk about the hip. But as it relates to the draft, just some curious commentary from Goodman about Fultz. And we know that there were other players that were not willing to work out with the, or for the Celtics, Josh Jackson included. And as much as the team has given this 100% vote of confidence, Tatum was our guy at number one all along, you have to wonder if things might have changed, were players, and probably not Lonzo Ball in my opinion, but you wonder if players had come in, if the Celtics might have gone a different direction or if they secretly did rate Jackson ahead of Tatum, but then in the end said, we want this high character guy, because there has been a very strong emphasis within this organization to pick players with high character, you know, strong sense of identity, and what I think I like the most about Tatum is he fits even better, even though defensively there's question marks, he's a scorer, and this team desperately needs another score. Absolutely. Absolutely, they need another score. I mean, I think even if they were to, to recover some of the defense that we thought we were going to see from this team last year, if they, if they were able to find a, another level with that. And mind you, they did have that level with one, Isaiah off the floor, but two, a larger lineup on the floor as well. Um, not having IT and Bradley, two undersized players, um, rebounding improved, defense improved. We've talked about that over and over again here. I don't need to go back down that road. But, you know, I think that's something you have to consider is that defense improves, sure, but the biggest far and away issue is making shots. They make the shots that Cleveland left open. Not only is that a closer series, I'm not going to say they beat them, but it's a hell of a lot closer series. You know, I mean, it, it just... Uh, Five games was in no way a measure of where Boston and Cleveland are apart from each other. I, in no way do I believe that. And in no way do I believe it's only slightly closer after the, the potential addition of, of one all-star or, or maybe more. Yeah, well, I, and we have to talk about this NBA rumor with the Pacers, Cavaliers, and Nuggets in this blockbuster <sighs> Now, well, I think this, I, I wonder how much this is to just pressure Danny into giving up more. I'm just yep. going to say that. So you're right. They need more all-stars. They need more scores. Gordon Hayward, they really got to create space for the guy. Would be awesome to see Paul George come in as well. And as Ryan Bernardoni noted, they would absolutely have to give up some key pieces of the rotation from last season, a la Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder. Plus, they'd have to throw in some picks, it would seem like, at least one decent pick. So that's where things start to get a little hairy. But if Kevin Love were to be willing to go to Indiana, 
you would think the Pacers would prefer not to just take a giant step back, although that's probably the wise thing in today's NBA. The last thing you want to do is be one of those middling teams that just hangs on and never gets over the top. But it looks like it's the Pacers, Cavaliers, Nuggets, Paul George to Cleveland, Kevin Love to Denver, players and draft assets to the Pacers. So in that case... We're not talking about the Pacers getting anything but picks. That's why it feels a little bit like maybe posturing on uh, Indiana's side to try to get the Celtics to move up a little bit. Well, and, and you read the article that 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 Stein and, and Chris Haynes put together. It's a lot of, well, this is what was talked about before the draft. You know what I mean? I mean, first of all, Stein's, Stein's good. Stein is not a, you know, make it up as I go along guy. Stein is the type of guy okay he he's going to say what he knows and you know maybe he's wrong but but he didn't oversell it um he oversold the tweet in terms of how close it was or that and there's anything new here it wasn't a new story it was they were talking and it was close to me that wasn't anything new i felt like we that was old information um now what i also heard uh windhorst uh was on with with Zach Lowe in the low post um, following the draft and he kind of intimated the same sort of thing and, and basically said India has no interest in, in Kevin Love. Now maybe the, the, the wrinkle is that, that Denver is interested in Kevin Love, but you look at the return that Indiana would get back in no way. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of middling players and no high draft picks. And I, I, if you go by Adam Kaufman's rumor in terms of what the return is back, there's nobody who can top the Celtics offer. If that, if Kaufman is right, and I think he probably is, no one's going to top the Celtics offer, in my belief. Or no one can top the Celtics if offer. If the Celtics want to pay the price, they should be the top bidder. There's no doubt. But it also is, as Bobby Manning writes, it's interesting that Woj tweeted that out, and then immediately said talks stalled between Indiana and Boston. So this is all posturing leading up. Everybody knows none of these deals are getting done until after free agency. And I think that's that's where Boston is holding the cards with all the other teams that they might want to trade with. It's, it's too bad, I guess, for the Clippers. And we'll talk about this maybe in the second half of the show along with Isaiah's you know, hip with no update. I think we need to hit some of those topics. But had Blake Griffin picked up his option, that would be sort of another potential trade target. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe the center that's going to be the only guy left standing, DeAndre Jordan, might be a target for trade. We'll, <laughs> we'll have to see how things start to move around. But I think Boston's looking at it like, let's wait and see how some of free agency starts to shake out before – we start talking trades. And I think Indiana knows that. I think this is maybe a little bit of posturing to sort of set that up and see what they can squeeze out of Boston once. And especially, and Indiana should be doing this too. They should definitely be waiting to do any trades and not hit that right in, right before, right at the start of free agency. Because if the Celtics whiff on Gordon Hayward, they're probably going to be willing to pay a higher price. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that, that the price, the price changes depending upon the situation. And if, if, you know, the extension happens, then it should be higher price. If it's non-extension, then, then it's a rental. And, and I think that the hip, I, I, sorry, it's like, I can't help but walk right into the, stub my toe on the thing we're just gonna tease, but, you know, the, the hip plays a part of that too, I think, in terms of whether or not, um, what the plans are in terms of salary. There's been a lot of conversations about that piece. Um, we've had, um, the heat bloggers have had, there's a heat blogger there who's, who's been talking about the potential of how it happens. And then we've had Ryan, uh, our good friend Danger Cart, who we've had on the show numerous times saying, well, yeah, but there's implications of that. It's possible. There's possible ways in which this works, but there, there are cascading effects from that, um, in terms of both, the, the, the both Hayward and George, uh, that, that have some, some difficulty for this team, um, significant difficulty in the short term and the long term, depending upon the way this is structured. So it's really tough to say, 
you know, is it worth to throw away two thirds of this, the, the roster on this team for, uh, you know, four players, basically have a, a, a big four plus Tatum and, and, and Brown and then the rest of minimum salary players. Can well, you get by with that? It doesn't feel all that different from the big three, but we didn't have the tax implications then that we have now. No, we didn't. And so I'll tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the implications of that Paul George signing, Paul George trade potentially, maybe even signing an extension. We'll dig into that. Also, as we've kind of teed it up with the Clippers, have to talk about what's going on out west there with Doc Rivers and his team. And then we'll get into Isaiah Thomas, the hip, and really the lack of any kind of status update or moving forward with what we thought was going to be a surgery. Remember, Kelly Olynyk waited a little while, too, and was not ready to start last season. Sometimes with these injuries, it's best to get on with it and not delay. Maybe more time means less concern. We'll talk about it when we come right back. But first, we're going to talk about ZipRecruiter. The playoffs have ended, but having the right players on the court certainly was the key to success for the Golden State Warriors. That sharp outside shooter like Clay Thompson or that power rebounder like Draymond Green can be the difference between winning and losing. And business isn't any different. Your company needs the right people to be the best. So where do you go to find top talent? You can't find the best candidates by posting your job on just one site. You need to post on all the top job sites, and now you can with ZipRecruiter. At ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with only one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your position. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. No juggling emails or calls into the office. Simply screen, rate, and manage the candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes nationwide. And right now, our listeners can start forming their own winning team on ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. Try it for free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. So let's talk about Paul George, John. Yes. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. There's no way, very similar to the Kevin Garnett situation, there's no way Danny Ainge even consummates this trade without an extension in place. And you have to think that Indiana knows if they can get Paul George to go to a club that he wants to play for, that he will sign an extension and thusly Indiana can command a higher price. I don't know how much that weighs into some of the rumors that we've been hearing. You have to think that Paul George would be willing to sign an extension with Cleveland knowing he'd be playing with LeBron very likely going to the finals, even though he's taking the place of Kevin Love. There's just so much more that offense will be able to do. I know Kevin can hit that outside three-pointer, and I know he can bang for some boards, but Paul George and being able to take some of the the responsibilities off of LeBron and Kyrie, I think they're a, a much better team in that scenario. So that's what I'm thinking, but I want to spin it another way, and we, I guess we can always lead into talking about Isaiah Thomas and his hip, but I'm not convinced that signing Hayward and trading for Paul George necessarily has the same implications, or we sort of take it as a foregone conclusion that that puts us in such bad cap space that they're screwed. If you're trading Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, and... Only one high pick of the ones that are coming. If they're going to require two first-round picks, you give them one of those lesser picks, like that Clippers pick. If you've got to give another high pick, that's fine, but you have to keep Marcus Smart in that scenario because I think, and I know this sounds horrible after the season that Isaiah Thomas just had, but I think I can see one of two things happening. They actually prefer to have Paul George signed to an extension and Hayward signed knowing that that puts them in a real tough spot with Isaiah Thomas, where they either keep Marcus Smart, who becomes maybe the starting distributor in that scenario, and they put the ball in the hands of Paul George and, and Hayward a lot more, 
or if Isaiah turns out to not be the same player because the hip winds up throwing major surprises into next season. I think they're perfectly com- perfectly comfortable making that commitment and also trying to pitch Isaiah on staying at a reduced price. I'm not saying he won't still get the Brinks truck, but every dollar in that, you know, cap overload scenario that Ryan Bernadoni laid out, you think you would think that Isaiah would still want to be the point guard on a team likely to compete for at least taking the at least getting to the finals if not competing for the championship. He might be willing to take a little bit less money. Probably not, but I'm not sure that the market is out there outside of Boston for max money despite the year that he just had. Whew. Yeah, I you know, I was thinking I was going to be alone on this on this, you know, maybe there's there's more to this about whether or not they want to take him or not. <laughs> take take George and, and Hayward, but you kind of went there. So I'm, now I'm not alone on that on that island, so that's good. You I, didn't want to I, open that can. I don't think we're I, the only ones thinking that. Yeah. And, and it's just very – it feels, and I'm just going to put it this, the other side of this, it mm-hmm. feels extremely disrespectful to Isaiah Thomas to even bring it up. I, that's how I feel about it. From our end of it. From yeah, our I, end. Yep. I don't think it's disrespectful from the Celtics' end. I think it's – It's a business is what I think. It's a, it's a business, and I think arguably they could make him a whole lot of money one way or the other. I mean, if he's healthy and he and he's the high scorer, which he could be, he could be the highest scorer on this team and lead this team to a championship, he's going to make money no matter where the hell it is, Boston, you know, wherever. Um, I think we'll see it too. <laughs> well, well, here's the, okay. No, so I here's just I'm going to throw that out there too, right? I well, mean, maybe you keep a, maybe you can keep a, a an Avery Bradley potentially, depending on how they swing this. No, no, because you still got to pay him twenty million, and and that that doesn't do you any good. You know what I mean? It's the problem. It, Avery Bradley or or Mark or, or it like either one of them are going to be expensive. You got to shed one, if not both, really. If you're going to if you're going to do the both. Scenario. If you get Hayward so, and, and trade for Paul George, one of, both of them are likely not going to survive without taking a, a a pretty big pay cut. And Avery Bradley already did, and this is Isaiah Thomas's chance to cash in. They both well, they both did. I mean, I, it signed an under market deal too um, when he signed. I mean, he was out in the market, but that was the only team that signed him. But it was a cheap deal, and he's he's overperformed for that contract. Um, Tenfold. It would but he hasn't seen. done anything yet. I mean, let's be. I mean, let's be real. When when Phoenix signed that deal, he really right. hadn't done anything yet, and they were loading him up with a with a three guard, you know, backcourt. Right. But for two and a half years, he's he's outperformed that contract. The moment he walked away from from Phoenix, basically six months into that contract, he he's tore it up, you know, and he's he's outperformed that. Six million dollar a year contract, you know, to a, to an unbelievable degree, especially after the the, the cap spike. Um, so, okay, let's let's just taking a step back here. So, our friend Brian said, our friend Ryan Bernardoni says, there's really there's two possibilities here. Either the Celtics are trading, um, you're trading for Paul George without an extension, okay. And that's possible, but you're gonna have you may have some tax issues down the road, and you're signing Paul Gordon Hayward. If you sign, if you do the Gordon Hayward and the and the and the extension for for uh, Paul George, it's a problem right now because you have to somehow fit it under the salary cap, and to do that, that means you have to have 24 million in cap space. On top of the 30 million you had to get to sign Hayward. So you sign Hayward for 30, then you gotta create 24 million in space, which basically is, or basically an additional five, four million or five million over what George makes, and then you could make the deal. But it's, it's really, it's, it's a very difficult scenario is what I'm saying. So, and if you're doing that, then you've got a, a tax issue. So it's like, you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't here. But 
with the latter scenario, if you get George signed long term, you get Hayward signed long term, you get Horford signed long term, and you're pushing potentially pushing out IT. Maybe the other scenario is that you find a way that Hayward and George, who who have professed, or at least George has professed wanting to play with George, with Gordon Hayward, and he said, as we all have seen on Twitter this weekend, or reminded of, that when he went to the All-Star game, he said the one guy he wanted to see at the All-Star game was who? Isaiah Thomas. So, I mean, there's there's some mutual admiration society stuff going on here for sure, and Maybe they're willing to take a little bit less money. That still doesn't add to a lot of savings in the in the tax. But maybe somebody maybe has to sacrifice to Someone compete has to. with the Golden State Warriors. That yeah. is a fact. It's yes. just a matter of what team and which players, if any. And we're in a scenario where we can be the avenue for that. It's not Cleveland. I mean, let's say let's say George goes to Cleveland. What's the shelf life on that Cleveland Cavaliers team? Is 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 he going to resign? Is is George going to? I should say, is George going to resign in Cleveland with Love, uh, Kyrie, Le- and LeBron? I mean, that just seems like it's a house of cards. There, am I wrong? No, I think it is a house of cards. And we already right? know LeBron wants to leave. So, yeah. is, let's ask that question. Does Paul George? Going to Cleveland, lock it up. I mean, we heard rumors about both both of them wanting to play for right. the Lakers in a year. So maybe this is their way of, oh no, we won't we won't meet up in the with the Lakers. We'll meet up in Cleveland and we'll have Kyrie and, and we'll just keep going forward. But the problem I think, especially with Cleveland, is they've just evaporated all their assets to build around top talent. Yep. And you yep. look at what we just talked about in the first half of the show with the Golden State Warriors, but paying three and a half million, buying themselves a second round pick and figuring out ways to be able to accomplish rounding out that roster around those players. Mm -hmm. But make no mistake, they're going to be in a very similar situation in terms of salary in just a few short years as well. But there's at least a couple where you know they're all going to be together. Now, Cleveland's kind of already evaporated that. Then you go and you look at a team like Boston. This would be the argument for players taking less to come and form a super team or at least begin to form a super team in Boston, which is to say that they'll still have an enormous amount of picks and the players that are there are going to be just as young as the players in Golden State. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, I mean, you've... Look at other than other than Horford, everyone's on the the right side of thirty. Um, it you know will be you know, twenty eight. He's going to be you know at the end of his deal, um, he'll be close to thirty, but or he'll be over thirty at the end of his uh, this next deal. But I mean, he's going to be looking for an extension before he's thirty, and and so there's years to go. This isn't this isn't acquiring KG and. And, and Ray Allen on the, on the wrong side of 30. There's years to go here. And the other thing is, is that the contracts don't last as long as they used to. Um, they've all been going for short deals. Now that may change now that the cap is, is probably going to level, is leveling out. And so perhaps because we don't have the spikes, people won't be looking for short term gains to, or a short term bump so that they can get back to the market with a higher cap, you know, a higher percentage. Higher salary due to the larger cap and the cap and the max numbers being related to the percentage of the cap. Um, so that may not be as, as much of an issue going forward, but I, I still think guys like Hayward and, and George, as, as Albert kind of showed on the heat blog there this weekend, if, if you look at the numbers, far and away the best the best effort for for Paul George is for him to get traded to the Boston Celtics, a team with cap space. There aren't many of these teams out there. A team with, team with cap space and and extend this year, um, and and then go back to market when he's a ten year veteran, just as what Hayward could do uh, at the same time, and then be able to you know really reap a, a huge uh, contract at that point. May not be here, but. But that's when he'd have a chance to really go to market. Um, I I think that it really adds up. You, you look at all this stuff; it all seems to kind of fall into place. It's the way the Celtics do things. I mean, we've talked about over and over again about how this team 
just they do things at a different level than a lot of teams do, and that's why they get killed for for a lot of deals because it just doesn't seem you know this doesn't seem to add up why they're doing this or why they're doing that or why does you know why are they doing this order and why you know and you just sit back and you're just scratching your head. And at some point it becomes clear. And I think this is the type of situation where why would you trade the first pick for the third pick? Well, yeah, yeah, you get a future pick and da 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 da, but it saves you $1.6 million. And, uh, you know, you, you, there are cascading effects from this. And if, let's say that asset, and it seems if Kaufman's rumor is right, that asset that you received in that deal is what will get you Paul George. And, you know, okay, I'm going to get a top 15 player for, Basically, arguably, well, here's the same your real point. for nothing more than yep. the guy that they were going to take already at number one. Right. If you, <laughs> that's exactly, and even if they weren't, the right. difference between Fultz and Tatum does not equal Paul George. Not at all. Not right? even close. And not that's, close. that's how the team is thinking. If they, but I'm not even sure it has to be Paul George. We look at what's happening in LA. Maybe right. a trade for somebody like DeAndre Jordan is in play. Maybe oh, they look not. at bolstering that, hey, Al, you're going to play the four. Gordon's going to play the three. We know L.A. had interest in Jay Crowder, and I know that they should have interest in Avery Bradley. Then they add a couple of players, and I'm not saying that that helps them get Chris Paul and Griffin to come back because they probably don't, but it, but maybe maybe they get another free agent somehow themselves. You know, or maybe they shift some things around, or maybe they just blow it up all together. Maybe it's a three-way trade, and those players go somewhere else, and 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 uh, L.A. gets picks instead. But at the end of the day, something is—I mean, something is going to happen. Now, Chris Paul looks like he's going to the Spurs. Blake Griffin is another no. one. Maybe do you think Griffin would come? Cause I don't that's, know. Instead oh, of totally. Paul George, instead of instead of Hayward, I mean. Cause, oh, totally. Or a sign-in yeah. trade. There might be a sign-in trade, and it might I, not be. Yes. I think Danny is totally just trying to get to the point where he executes the Hayward thing, and yeah. then he surveys the options and brings in the the best, most healthiest player at the most reasonable cost. It, it, but yet, it, that's the thing. I think Hayward is far away number one, right? I think that's the guy, Okay. And maybe, but maybe it's not. They've been high on I, Griffin. They I have been high on too. Griffin for two years. Yeah. They've been linked tightly. I almost prematurely, I said, I thought he would be in a Celtics uniform by this time last year. Didn't happen. Of course, he did get injured heading into the well, postseason. He, yeah. So you had to I wonder, think. nobody's going to trade for damaged goods a la, right. you know, question marks around Isaiah Thomas too, right? But, right. but, They've had their eye on Blake Griffin. There's nothing to Absolutely. say that Blake isn't really who they're targeting. It just seems so convenient for Hayward, the season that he had, being that he's a scorer, and his ties with, obviously, Brad Stevens that everybody knows about. you got to yeah. think that his lack of an injury history puts him in that 1A slot. But to your point, mm -hmm. there's no guarantee. A lot of people didn't see Tatum coming at all. And that could be a similar thing playing out in free agency. I think it was a pretty foregone conclusion, the way things were playing out in L.A., that Griffin and quite likely Paul were going to opt out, and now here we are, and they have. Well, and it, and it goes back to this LeBron thing. Like the, the LeBron going to L.A. thing changes the landscape so dramatically. The ripple effects of that, whether it's the it, – it's amazing. This is this is unprecedented stuff. I mean, really, the league before the decision and then after the decision have, is is like that's a watershed moment for the league because ever since that happened, every star has been on like a different level in terms of where they're going. You know, whether it's when LeBron left, but Boston kicked that came off. Back. Don't well, no. Don't you agree I see, that I LeBron think it's wouldn't have gone anywhere if he didn't think he had to go to Miami to get over the hump against the Celtics? Because that really well, that there's some. I think there's some. I know that it wasn't impacting the dynamics of free agency because that's yeah, your point, right? And I understand that, right? But I'm just saying that was a precursor. The fact that a team could make two trades in a matter of less than 90 days. 
that would bring three stars together. Now, granted, they had to deal with the fact that they were aging and LeBron was young and choosing free agency, but right. that's all part of it, in my opinion, was that 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 big three, Not and again, as we know, prior to the salary cap era, that happened very often. But post-salary cap, that really wasn't happening. And when the Celtics executed it via Danny Ainge with trades for Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett, I think that's what really set off the, you know, the move of Chris Bosch to, and LeBron James to go join Dwayne Wade. And you're right. The decision is the real marking point for how things have changed with free agency and how players are managing their careers and almost being increasingly willing to leave teams that they that the league would prefer that they be loyal to, that they're not, well, the Celtics, they really are the ones that set that ball in motion because it, it, you had to form super teams at that point. But if it wasn't them, who it would have been somebody else. Amen. You know, I mean, I, there's, and there's always been teams, you know, who have, you know, put it together to, to try to win. I mean, whether it's, you know, the kind of early 2000s Lakers. You know, and and then you know Carmelo yeah, and and Shaq and Peyton join join Shaq with those guys and and, and Kobe. Um, you know, even Bill Walton joining the Celtics in '86 or Michael Thompson joining the Lakers in '87. I mean, those are different. That's a different scenario because free agency has never been as free as it's been the last five, ten years. But but in terms of Everybody moving. I mean, it's not even every major star, every every player who has a noticeable impact on a team or a franchise is kind of in, under the glare of this ever since that decision happened in 2010. And so the last seven years have just been rather chaotic. And then you add to that the spike, um, the, the CBA issues over the, the two CBAs uh, over that time. It's caused a lot of ups and downs. Now maybe the the cap leveling out will will kind of slow this a bit, but it's a it, but it's it's significant to see all that. And so the Celtics now are in a situation where I think there aren't going to be as many opportunities for these things to happen in the next few years. So you need to lock up your team and then you lock up your, 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 your rookies, your, your draft picks, and then you, and you roll it out there, you know, and, and LeBron's opportunity to go West here and next year will, will be, it changes the Lakers. It changes the Clippers. You know, if you're the Clippers, you've got to create space. That's why they're trading DeAndre. It's not because they don't they want to re-sign Chris and and Blake. It's that they're trying to create space for next time. You know, Jerry West did it. He got Shaq to to L.A. Uh, you know, Magic is going to try to get you know uh, LeBron to L.A. And so it's it's an arms race between those two. And if LeBron goes west, then that opens the door for the Celtics, really. And and every other all-star should be looking at Boston and say they've already got – if they just add one or two more pieces, they're going to be in the finals every year, and they only got to win four games. You know, <laughs> it's they're going to do it against a hell of a team, but they only need four games, and, and I'm well, going to be a champion. And that how about bad. this, too? And how about the fact that they have young talent that they're still going to have spread on that roster that needs yes. to develop and – if you're 27 right now and you're thinking you're going to still be with the club on your next contract after, because I know a lot of these guys are going to sign that three-year deal. But, you know, that's, I think, what we're all expecting if Hayward comes to Boston, that he'll get to 30, he'll get his 10 years in the league, and then that's when he'll be uh, uh, able to take a, a pay hike. But that's still young. That's still young, and yet they'll have young players and young picks on the roster to take on an increasing load as those players age. So they have a transition plan, too, and that is also important. Not that they'll be able to pay all these guys, because if the young players are deserving of a big contract when they come off their four-year deals, certainly that'll that'll create a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a decision that has to be made, but... The point is this, if, if a player like Gordon Hayward hits 30 and he wants to come back, he has to be thinking that he's going to be in a good position with plenty of young players to shoulder some of those minutes load, especially two, three years, or I should say 
two years from now, when we're not next season, but the season after that, Jalen Brown will be in year three. Tatum will be in year two. They'll have played a lot of added basketball in the postseason, which will definitely help their growth in terms of being able to perform in season. Because you almost think that as long as they have that killer instinct, when they go to the postseason, then they're playing in the regular season, getting getting those added minutes on the floor during the regular season, keep the other guys healthy. You have to think that it's almost like going to be just – it's not even going to be as much of a battle for them. It's not going to seem as important as the postseason. So they're probably going to play a little more relaxed and be able to play a little bit more in control. And I think that I think that, that is another major added benefit – for any veteran coming to Boston. So we'll see what happens with the Clippers. I know we're coming up on the end of the show. I want to ask you about Isaiah Thomas and the hip because we've kind of let this one <laughs> lay dormant and nobody is, people threw out some question marks when finally everybody was a- answering questions to the media again. Once the postseason ended, we were leading up to the draft and there were some Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Thomas questions that were fired out, but really no answers, kind of wait and see. I remember talking about Kelly Olynyk this time last year and being concerned about not getting on the surgery right away. Now, did it wind up ruining his season? No, but he did miss training camp. He missed several, what, almost a month? Almost a month of the season? Three weeks? Who, who, wait, we talking about Olenek. Olenek? I think, I think it was like two weeks, two, maybe three, two, three. that he missed. Yes. So, so he misses training camp. He misses, now I know Isaiah's a pro. And he didn't need to maybe raise his game as much as Kelly Olynyk yeah. sort of was really counting on this as a contract here. I understand all of that, but my point is, I'm really concerned he won't be ready to start the year because anytime you delay necessary surgery, you're playing with fire that way. And I don't know how bad the hip is. Just because Kelly Olynyk rehabbed his shoulder and got out there, you know we. There, There is a world in which Isaiah Thomas doesn't have surgery, tries to fight through it, and misses the entire middle of the season as they wind up doing what they should have done at this point. And I know Larry H. Russell is going to feast on this when we get into some of the summer doldrums because of how he feel, has always felt about the medical staff. But you and I, I, st- I, think there's a re- I think there's reason to be a little concerned. Well, I, we don't know a lot. You know, we know what happened. We know what the, what the ailment is. We know what he's facing. Um, I don't know. I mean, I hate to play, you know, doctor because I don't, we don't know, you know, we don't know what's going on there. I, I'm thinking that he's, that there's probably something more there than, than we know. Um, and I think that some of this, <laughs> I think some of this that we're looking at in, in terms of these trades and all that play into that because it certainly gives the Celtics some comfort if for some reason it doesn't work out or that hip doesn't doesn't go the way we think it will or whatever it may be. Um, the Celtics have three all-stars in check and, you know, you go on your way. Um, it's a bit of a, an insurance policy, I suppose, for the Celtics' continued, um, you know, growth and potential um that seems a bit crazy to kind of suspect that you know that they're being that um i don't know aware um in that way but it's possible it's it's entirely possible um you know you let's say you don't do an extension with paul george um i think if you don't sign an it that that doesn't help you keep Paul George, probably. I think it probably helps push him out the door, but maybe not. Maybe it's got to be an extension. You got to do an extension. I know it puts before, you in a before before the year. Yes, yes, right. So, but to do that, then you gotta you gotta gut the roster, you know. And that's why the second rounders could be important because you made a <laughs> as crazy as it is. You know, you may need Jabari Bird to be be your fifteenth man. You know, you may need to have Kadeem Allen as your fourteenth man because otherwise, it's minimum salaries from from roster spots seven on down. You know I don't what think I mean? they'll have a problem with that. I mean, remember they got guys like Eddie House and James Posey for that initial yes. run. So yes. I'm I'm honestly 
I'm not worried about that at all. If you if you just line it up, okay, let's say Isaiah is healthy, but they sign the extension, right? So you got Isaiah Thomas. There will be a debate whether or not Jalen Brown plays the two in the new starting lineup or if Zizic comes in and, and becomes their starting center. I'm going to slot Brown in just because that's what I would do. IT, Brown, Hayward, George, and Horford. That's your starting five. You've got Tatum off the bench. Right, so you've already got six rotation players. Really only need eight with some backups, right? Gerald Green signs a minimum. That's an easy one. He'd definitely come back. Gerald Green signs a minimum, and I think you still have Marcus Smart in this scenario too. I don't think he go- – do they have to clear him for salary's sake? Who? It's Marcus Who Smart. They? Does he have well, to go to clear it if you – I guess it depends on how much George asked for in his extension, right? I don't see how they cannot send out send him out. All right, so he's out. You, you are you you're cutting Jackson also to make this? Can you sign him to a minimum? I mean, some of these guys, if right. they don't go out and trade, just wind right. up getting signed at, at at the minimum. You know, so somebody like so Rozier, does he go? I think he has to go. All right, yeah. so he goes. I, I you know I I'm not exactly sure to be honest with you. I mean, there's. But you got it, and, and you've you got the roster. Zizic, okay. you know you've got. You're not stashing him. There's, they'll figure that one out. No, because so, they need him. I mean, right. right. I mean, so they just, have Tatum, Zizic, and they sign Green. That's eight deep. Right, but I don't. And then you've got Nader. You can sign to a minimum. You can sign Jackson to a minimum. Right. Like right. all these, I, all the everybody else that you can sign these minimums to fill out the roster. I'm just saying, you've got eight deep. Okay, you're eight, yeah, but, but no team goes eight deep for, for 82 games. No, but you now they I mean? have the two-way deal. So yeah, they can have still, these guys that are floating you're back and seven forth. guys, seven guys who are D-League players is your bench. I mean, I'm not yeah, saying they're not going to win. You're only going to use two of them is my point. You're only going to use two and that, and that there's probably numerous veterans out there that you could grab for the veteran minimum. I, I think you're right about that. I think they can sign three, four veteran minimum guys to round out at least a 10 to 11 man rotation. Yeah. That, you know, you go, you go get that like Tayshawn Prince out of retirement. You yeah. Know. There's stuff like that they can do. <laughs> I mean, none of, look, none of these guys, Horford, IT, Paul George, Hayward, I don't think they have the cachet that signing KG, Paul Pearson, and Ray Allen did. I don't think that anyone's going to look at that foursome as this in the way that, in the same way that the Celtics big three would be looked at. That's, that's part of the problem. So you're not going to be looking at, oh, well, I want to go play with, you know, KG. It's going to be, well, they're, they probably should be pretty good. So <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not the same. Cache, but at the same point, I mean, yeah, but, but they didn't. Doc Rivers was the coach of that team, and Brad Stevens is the coach of this team. Yeah, but I don't. I think in terms of a free agent draw, I think that's a wash. I don't. I don't. All right, maybe it's a it's a wash. I don't think it's as bad as you think it is because of the fact that they won fifty three games with exactly who you just with you know without George without Hayward. So I think there. I think there's plenty of an argument to be made. To vets out there that are willing to take the minimum and yeah. have a shot at being the number one seed in the Eastern Conference again. If well, George right. doesn't go to Cleveland, what do you think they're going to do? Like they're going to be the same team, and they're probably going to struggle through the regular season again to some degree. I mean, I don't think that. I don't think those those injury issues those that kind of held them back. And that little bit of like sort of complacency, I don't think that's gone anywhere. And I don't think losing to the Golden State Warriors in the finals this year re-energizes them just because last year they came off a incredible championship run. No, I think you're right. I don't think that there's any sort of juice. I don't think this is a, you know, Celtics in 86, you know, okay, well, the Lakers got us, got us back in 85. Now we're going to kick their butts in 86. It's not like that. Like they felt they're completely no, they're almost demoralized. Clearly resigned. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're like, okay, well, you know, we got to completely, this isn't like, and I said, oh, earlier it was like, you know, when, when Walton signed, it was like getting the, this isn't like that. This is not, you know, that, that team from stem to stern, Walton, maybe on top of, but 
if you ran the the 86 Celtics out there without Walton, I think they still would have beaten the Lakers because they were just playing at a different level. Um, well, you know, so, but not that, you know, that's, that's the past, I guess. But my point is, is that, you know, this is, the Celtics are well primed for many years of, of success. They will have a bench. They will be able to do that. But, you know, the team right now that goes 11, 12 deep, you know, we were talking about, like, it doesn't matter about the second rounders. It's going to matter. You know what I mean? It's, you know, you know, Glenn Davis had to have a big role for the 08 Celtics. You know, Gabe Pruitt could have had a bigger role for the 08 Celtics. You know, uh, Rondo was pushed to the Leon floor. Leon Powell. Uh, Leon Powell. There you go. <laughs> You know, I mean, Jackson. I think that the, we, how do we not pick on Phil Jack? It's, there's no time left, but how do we not continue to pig pile on that man on this show? I don't think, I don't think that deal's dead either. I think they're going to come back. I think Porzingis is going to be back on the market here this, uh, in, in July. And I think it could be interesting. Would you rather if, have him than George? Yeah, I would. Me too. Would. Just because of the youth thing, piling up these younger players. He would be really nice spacing the floor next to Horford, and it, I creates a lot of space. It creates even more space for Isaiah, and you get that shot blocking presence. We're gonna have to table would, that for next week's show, though. I would give well. I, next you can finish show your thought. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we aren't gonna have time to talk about this next week's show because next week's show, all we're gonna be talking about is okay. Gordon Hayward ate, you know, had dinner with so and so, and then <laughs> met you with know, Tom Brady. <laughs> Right, Blake Griffin was like that's what we're going to be talking about next week. Let me ask you this: Do you have to, if you had to give up both the Brooklyn and the Lakers pick next year for Porzingis? Would you do it? No, nope. You wouldn't do it. No, I think I would. You would give up both. Here's why I wouldn't. There's enough of an injury concern with him. I don't think it's big, but there's enough of a durability question mark. To say, all right, he's 21. Why not make both of those picks next year instead? And there's a chance you actually draft Porter and Donkic. You have well, two shots at getting, right. you know, somebody to play in totally. that front court with Tatum and Brown. So that's that's my attitude on that. I'd rather take two swings of the bat in a draft that finally has players at the position to need that you could literally select two. Versus going out and paying for now, believe me, I love Porzingis, and I'd throw just about any other combination of picks. But I feel like they've got to make one more high pick uh, in the next couple of drafts, and it might not I, even be the Lakers pick. Would I, I give up the yeah, Nets pick? Yes. Would I give up the the Philadelphia exchange for either Lakers or or Sacramento? Probably not. I'd probably want to hold on to that one. I see. I'd rather do the Nets pick because I think they're going to be bad and. I think you're more likely to get, and there's no protections on the Nets pick too. So that's a good point. I, you know, to me, that's a higher priority. But the Nets have the Knicks have their own pick next year. So judging by what the Bulls did, you might be able to get their just the pick swap, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a lot of talk that they're gonna they're gonna let Melo loose uh, and buy him out, which is kind of interesting. So is um, is Jack Town gonna go into rebuild mode? I don't know how they doesn't seem I, like his I, style. Well, how the hell? I mean, but how do you put Porzingis on the market? He's twenty two, for God's sakes. I yeah, mean, that's that is why the I, rebuild. I don't. I don't right. worry about doing. I don't mind doing both picks because what happens is that you, if you do both picks, um, you know, you end up with a situation where you end up with a twenty two year old center. You know, which if you got a twenty one year old center in the draft, you're like great. Well, in this case, you know, he's a 40% NBA <laughs> shooter who can protect the rim. I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's, you have that assurance and yes, they have the injury history, but you know, I, I, the medicals, I guess would, would kind of play the rest of that stuff out. So, um, I don't, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think I would, um, but that's, that is a steep price. That's a pretty steep price. And here's, here's, also, here's one reason player. you might also do it. Yeah. Is because he's still on that rookie contract. So you've yeah. got a team option in eighteen nineteen for a little over five and a half. 
And then right. you've got your qualifying offer, which obviously becomes a max contract because somebody's going to offer it to him in 1920. But if you come down to signing guys that are all coming up, and if you could, because it's a lot different than going after Paul George, you know, Z gives you a lot of financial flexibility. Z. Yeah, see, like like that. Wow. We're already going shorthand with him. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I want tight. him to feel welcome. You know what I mean? I don't want him That's... to feel like we're going to treat him, you know, like 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 what he's been through. I don't want him You're to think that he singer. has to, like, skip his exit interview with us. There'll yeah. never be an exit That's interview. That's right. No, You're no Z. Need. You're not going no, no anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's how we do this. So all I'm saying is yeah. that definitely buys some time. You don't have to throw – crazy salary into the deal. You could give them Jay Crowder and Avery Bradley just based on the fact that guys need to move into roles and you're likely going to sign Hayward. But you could keep somebody like Marcus Smart, make a decision on Isaiah Thomas, and still be in in a pretty good position to keep players you know, on the roster. It it definitely helps with the salary cap. He's going to become a max player, but you can let a lot of things play out. You can look at guys that you might wind up executing a trade on once you know what you have. If Porzingis winds up being an injury history, at least he's not an anchor on your salary. And you can sort of have that experience and then say, okay, you know what? You got a max contract, but you've played, you know, 30 games a season for the last two years. So forget it. We're not going to match that. And you lose him for nothing, and that sucks. But but at least it's not a Vin Baker scenario. And I know Vin didn't have injuries, but you know what I'm getting at. At least they're not yeah. eating up major salary, and it's a player that's not providing anything to the team. So and that's, that's right. And that's the worst-case kind of scenario. Like, that's really crazy talk. But let's just say that the injury concerns are 100% out of control. Uh, and he's and he winds up being totally soft and can't stay healthy and kind of Blake Griffin's it in the postseason for the next couple of years. At least you don't have a ton of salary tied up. Well, the the only issue is I think they're going to try to throw some salary in with him. If you're going to take him, oh, you're yeah. going to have to take you know, which is why I don't think you end up having to give up both picks. You know, I think you end up having to take Noah with him, which you know. It, so then you look at them as combined as $21 million, you know, for the next two years. Uh, and then next year we're going to have a situation where he'd have to, you'd have one year under your belts with Porzingis under contract to evaluate him. And then you, then you worry about the extension next summer, yep. which that makes is sense. probably the best place to be. So I, I would look, I would personally, I'd look at him after, um, you know, if you can get Hayward, but again, it all starts with Hayward. But even if it, if it ends with Hayward, you know, it, it doesn't end well with Hayward. There are options with Blake, and I think there's going to be options. I think they're ready to have a deal. They for still have a lot of trade way. options, even if they don't get Absolutely. a free agent. Somebody, and, and something major is going to happen to this team next year, regardless of whatever the hell happens. With something major is going to happen with this team in the next 30 days. July is going to be nuts. Last, Danny alluded probably. to it. Yeah. It's all about to get fired up. John's turning 39 next Saturday. We're going to be coming back. There you go, John. Come on, Blake. Like that. Come on. Gordon, that's for my birthday, man. Sign, buddy. Exactly. Or Don't for let us down. Don't be, do Don't be a Kevin Durant. Don't be a Kevin Durant. Don't be a Kevin Durant. Be an Al Horford. Be, be an, an Al Horford. Horford. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. All right, that's going to do it for this week's show. We will be back next week. I'm going to be on vacation two weeks in a row. I'm going to have my equipment with me on the road. Hopefully we'll have a good Internet connection. I know, John, you've got vacation planned as well. We have to power through it. It's that time of year. That's right. It's when Celtics Free Agency ruins your 4th of July. So, Kevin Durant, thank you very much. You're a jerk. Thank you, Al Horford. We love you. This broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at CSL underscore Justin. That's me. John is at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And a quick reminder, today's show brought to you by ZipRecruiter.com. They've got a great deal for all. 
all of you listeners, but most importantly, you'd be supporting our show and the entire CLNS Media Network. For staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poulin. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live.